Hey, all you nostalgic outlaws. Welcome to 9021 Here We Go, the podcast that takes a look at each episode of the Beverly Hills 90210 franchise from Fox to the CW. One of us is a 9021 expert and the other is a 9021 novice. I'm Kendra Mickles and I'm seeing these episodes for the first time. I'm Nick Gunning and I've seen them all, especially this one, Kendra. Especially this one. <laughs> you can find more about this show and others like it at our network's website, radiomeanwhile.com. Share your thoughts on this and upcoming episodes by following us on Twitter at Here We Go Pod. And please rate, subscribe, and share this show wherever you get your podcasts. Today, we're not discussing a weird X-Men spinoff from the 90s. We are, oh, in man. fact, discussing... I know, I know you're disappointed. But we're, we're going to instead focus on Season 5, Episode 29, The Real McCoy. Right away, I got a problem with this title. Real McCoy is like a common expression. So yeah. why not make it The Real McKay? You know what I mean? There's yeah. Like a play on it. That's, it seems... I'm just saying... It seems like I know a missed his, opportunity. I know his, like, his like, past life character's last name is McCoy, but it just seems like the pun is right there, the play on words. Yeah. Yeah. One of many questionable decisions made in the process of making this episode. <laughs> All right, let's get into the Condor. Condor is committed to professional standards and professional ethics. The weak need not apply. This episode originally aired May 10th of 1995. One birthday to mention, May 16th, Tori Spelling turned 22. She's not really in this episode that much. Well, I no, guess she is. Much. I mean, I, not I as much as there. she has been in the past episodes. Yeah, yeah. A couple of movies. May 12th, Crimson Tide with Denzel Washington mm. and Gene Hackman. I weirdly have very specific memories of seeing this because I went with my mom and it's rated R. But it's rated R more for like they're in a submarine and it's stressful and it's a peril. You know what I mean? It's like, mm. ah. <laughs> but it was the first rated R movie that I ever saw. And I saw it in theaters in wow. 1995. So. I think my first rated R movie in theaters was Passion of the Christ. Oh, that makes sense. Which makes sense, yeah. <laughs> also on May 12th, The Englishman Who Went Up a Hill and Came Down a Mountain, starring Hugh Grant. I also remember that movie. Have you seen that? No, this just makes me think of that bit in VeggieTales where they did the, the, the man who went up the hill and came down with all the strawberries and then he wouldn't share... Oh. I quote it all the time. I don't know if it's okay. referencing this now. <laughs> I don't know. Perhaps this it's one been is about it's this. like this small town is being surveyed and they're like, this is a mountain and it's not quite tall enough. So they, they keep trying to make it taller so it's technically a mountain. And Hugh Grant's like, oh, yes, quite. Oh, well, <laughs> you see, the thing is that it's, it's a bit of a, it almost not quite. I, what, it... Wow, spot on. Was Hugh Grant, yeah. is he actually here? <laughs> Yeah, he is. Yeah, he's he's sitting in this week. <laughs> TV on May 12th, Daytime Soap As the World Turns aired its 10,000th episode on CBS. That's a run. That's a run it's Too right many. There. Too many, I yeah. say. On May 16th, after 142 episodes and four TV movies, police procedural series In the Heat of the Night aired its final episode. I don't think that I've ever seen an episode of this, but I very much remember it being on TV and seeing commercials for it all the time. It's uh, the lead character. This is Carol O'Connor, who's Archie Bunker. Uh, he's uh, like, you know, the old. Is it based on the, the movie with? Um... It is. Okay. Because yes. I've seen the movie yeah. and it's really, yeah. really good. Music. On May 9th, Etta James released her 19th album, Time After Time. It would go on to reach number five on Billboard's top jazz albums list. Wow. Yeah. Number five. That's uh, that's pretty high. 
And May 16th, Taj Mahal released his blues album, Mumtaz Mahal. Prior prior to this, Taj Mahal wrote and recorded the first season theme for the Ewoks cartoon. You know a little bit about that. E E E E Ewoks. Do you remember that theme? We're the spirits of I, the forest yep. moon. Yes. <laughs> so bad. I do remember it's so it. So bad. <laughs> know what they're thinking. Uh, and video games. May 11th, the Sega Saturn was released in North America. I missed this boat. I never had. I had a Sega Genesis, and I never had any of the things after it. Not a Sega CD or a Sega Saturn or a Dreamcast. Never you, had it. I mean, so were my, you fully satisfied with your Sega Genesis? Did you? I was pretty happy with my Sega Genesis. Yeah, I was. And I, well, I, I did. I also had a Game Gear, and I had the 32X, which was like an add-on to a Sega Genesis. Like you put it into the cartridge port, you know, portal there, and then you put a cartridge into the 32X, and it would like enhance mm. the 32-bit graphics. I, it never worked. It never worked, <laughs> ever. Fun. That sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. All right, Nick, take us beyond the zip code. Well, Kendra, I've mentioned the series to you before in a past episode, but it's just too relevant not to bring it up again. In 2011, Jason Priestley, the director of today's episode, directed Luke Perry in the Western movie Good Night for Justice. And Perry would go on to reprise that role for two other follow-up movies. It's pretty good. Uh, Luke Perry plays a traveling judge who just kind of goes from town to town and sets up court, moves on to the next. He's just like a traveling circuit court judge. Uh, it's a Western, you know, with all the, the Western tropes that you would expect, but directed by Jason Priestley. And here they are again, doing a little Western together. So fun. This yeah. whole episode, I kept thinking about uh, his little cameo in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which was a Western. Did oh, yeah. you see that movie? No, but I heard, I mean, I saw pictures of him. So. Okay. Yeah. Well, the scene they were in was a Western, not the whole movie. <laughs> I got it. Okay, got it. Um, I also have to say, because okay. last episode we talked about the French movie Jules and Jim, if you'll okay. remember, um, mm-hmm. that they were going to watch this movie and Charlie yeah. was very yeah, yeah. excited about it. So since then, this movie has come up twice since since I recorded. Number one, oh, wow. if you go over to my other podcast, Nighty's Music Got Me Like... The song Kiss Me, the music video for it, is an homage to Jules and Jim. Okay. And they, like, recreated different scenes from the movie for the music video. Yeah. Number two, I just watched season two of Emily in Paris, created by... Oh, yes, Darren Starr. And there is an episode where they go watch Jules and Jim, and then they do, like, little... uh, scenes from it in an episode and i was like i guess i have to watch this movie because it's come up three times now in my life in the past two weeks so well that that's really bizarre a similar thing happened to me with taj mahal who we were just talking about i've never heard that name i've never heard his music and then i knew him from the ewok show and i was at the record store the other day looking for a meatloaf album and there was a taj mahal album and i was like oh look at that (laughs) and then we went to see licorice pizza and the, the the song playing over the credits is a Taj Mahal song. And I'm just huh, like, that's where's crazy. he been all my life? I know. That's crazy. Let's look at our synopsis for the real McCoy. Brandon is celebrated as student body president and decides to run for re-election. <laughs> but then he loses it all in the course of one episode. <laughs> it's, it's a real whirlwind. Yes. Also, Valerie is hot for him now. So that's fun. 
Steve and Kelly head to New York for a modeling opportunity while Jesse and Andrea finally decide to consider each other while planning for their future. (laughs) Meanwhile, Dylan doubles down on hypnotherapy and runs into Kelly during one of his past life regressions. Also, David and Claire still hate Ray, and Jim is maybe getting fired. Donna just wants to go bowling with her friends, but (laughs) no luck for Donna. (laughs) He's not to be was not to be. I am so envious of the presidential election cycle in the world of 90210. Well, I was kind of happy that it I didn't mean, last forever because yeah. it did last forever the last time. Right. So Right. But but doesn't it feel a little all for naught? Like we went yeah, through all that. It does. It's like Brandon's president now and now it's just like okay. And now he's not. Okay. Yeah. I I guess I guess the cycle for student body president begins in May. <laughs> at the end of an academic year yeah sure you vote for them so they're ready to go everybody loves him everybody <laughs> hates him he runs for re-election the election results come in he lo- 20 minutes tops yeah. that's the whole thing that's the whole thing <laughs> yep all right all right okay. who's living in beverly hills Today's episode was written by Charles Rosen and Larry Mullen and directed by Jason Priestley, which is another odd choice to have like this. Remember, he did the, the Time Has Come Today, which was all like 60s theme. And yeah. Like, yeah, the teenager do it. And here we have a, basically a Western for the whole thing. And we're like, yeah, let the kid do it. It's yeah. weird. These are <laughs> weird decisions that are being made. They're like, anyway. it's already going to be goofy. Just let, right. let Jason yeah, Priestley just, do what he wants. Just lean in. For recurring players this time, we have Jeffrey King back as Charlie and Greg Daniel back as Dean Whitmore. We will see both of them again. We won't see a lot of people, though. So here you go. Final appearance of FJ Rio is Alex Diaz. And I already thought we'd said goodbye to Alex Diaz. I thought we did, too. When he popped up, I was like, didn't we already say that we saw his last episode? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I misread that. But this, according to IMDb, should be his last appearance. Same with Natalie Belson as Janice Williams. Uh, final appearance of Tim Lunabus is Walter Chen, another one of the student senators, I guess. This one's kind of a head scratcher, though. Jane Daly is done as Dr. Molly Campbell. So that's it. I guess Dylan, Dylan got what he needed. And we see Larry Sellers again. And this is kind of a weird one. Larry Sellers plays the Cheyenne uh, man that Dylan sort of, well, whoever, Billy McCoy rescues in the regression. But we get a quick shot to sweating it out. So it seems like they're saying this Cheyenne man is a regressed version of Sheriff Al Whitefeather from Sweat okay. Out. Okay, all right. I didn't even connect that, so. so. <laughs> yeah, well, you see him, and then, yeah, yeah. then she's like, where are you? And he's like, oh, I'm in a sweat lodge with Brandon Walsh, you know. Yeah. So just weird. I don't know. Uh, a few other cast members to note here in one-off appearances. James Whitmore Jr. Now, I saw that name, and I was like, oh, yeah, he's been in this before. And then he hasn't. I couldn't find it anywhere. Well, it turns out he's a director. He's directed 11 episodes of 90210. So we know the name well. He plays a stagecoach passenger. He has lots of old TV credits as an actor. Things like Quantum Leap, all the way back to Macmillan and Wife, and tons of TV directing credits. That's been his focus uh, over the last couple of decades. Currently, at time of recording, he's up to 45 episodes of NCIS and still going strong directing for that show. All right, cool. We have Michelle Micah as Dixie. She recurred as Kiki on Friends, plus roles on Seinfeld, NYPD Blue, and the Clerks TV series. And we've never seen her before, right? No, but it seems, I don't know. I felt like she looked so familiar, and I was like, is this, who is this? (laughs) 
Yeah, I thought the same thing, but I didn't. None of the credits that I saw really stood out to me. It's like, oh, that's how. Okay. So, All right. I don't know. Uh, finally, we have David Anthony Marshall as Zeke. Uh, a few credits scattered throughout there. Probably best known for recurring on Star Trek Voyager, playing Seven of Nine's father. Oh, all right. Uh, you know what I realized? Because we went to the movies and we saw Death on the Nile, which stars okay. Annette Benning among many yeah. people. And the Love reason I keep thinking that I know who Jane Daly is is because she, I think she bears a resemblance to Annette Benning. So oh, I keep I could see that. I keep thinking she's Annette Benning and she's yeah. not. So She's not different. Yeah. Very different. Yep. Glad I figured that out for myself. I'm glad you did too. All right, well let's get into the episode. We start with a student senate meeting where Brandon is about to conclude the meeting, but Janice and Alex stop him. Uh, they want to commemorate the end of the Brandon years, which was just one years. year, right? Right. <laughs> just one year. year. Not a full year, but yeah. yeah. So they bring in a cake. All his friends come in. Jim and Cindy come in and they read this proclamation that they want him to run for president again. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody loves Brandon. And I'm a little confused by that because up to this point, I don't really feel like he's done much presidenting for people to really be behind him yeah there was one issue recently where he was kind of standing up for things but i don't even remember what it was do you (laughs) no i don't there was one where he was going being like yeah we're not gonna stand for this but like the groundswell of support i feel like he's not really had any successes so i've just was it when there was a uh attacker on campus though most of that episode he was like why do i have to deal with this yeah but then he does eventually go and do something about it yeah 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 that's what i'm thinking of yep so he responds to everyone clapping and says that you know what he's gonna go get his head checked after this because he is gonna run again for he's gonna run again in may and for whatever reason this suit wearing brandon saying he's running for president is just doing it for valerie and she the way is team brandon She's yes. like, wow, he's so impressive. Do you think he and Kelly mm-hmm. are, like, how so tight do you poise. think they really are? So much poise. Uh, I mean, this is not totally out of the blue. It's not totally new. I mean, she's she's flirted with Brandon a little bit. I mean, in the no, very first No, I mean, she has. Like, it's yeah. just been a while. Yeah, it has. It's it been has. a while. And it's like, we just got over the Ray thing, and, it was, and she's still kind of hot for Dylan, but, you know. She's hot for everybody, I guess. <laughs> she is, yeah. <laughs> All right, we have the intro, and then we have a little after party at the student union. Um, Valerie's flirting with Brandon. Just uh, on that note, Brandon's a little into it. A little, yeah. I mean, he's he's, riding high. He's accepting the attention. He is, yeah. 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 Jim is talking with Cindy about he's worried because they had a meeting without him at work. And he's worried about what that means for his career. Brandon tells Jesse and Andrea that he's happy they are not moving to Boise and they are happy as well. Brandon tells Andrea he talked to Jordan Bonner online the other day. Yeah, online. So trendy. I know. He is. So this character was the one who they were. 
they liked each other. They were going to both go to Yale, yeah. right? Yes. He went to he went to the other school in town and they were working to like bring everybody together. And then he and Andrea like were a thing for several episodes. Oh, yes, yes, kinda... yes. I remember Jordan now. Yes. Yeah. Okay. He was kind of like, they were all together when somebody was in the hospital and Jordan was there. But then it kind of ends with him standing her up for, for prom. Yes. And we don't really get any resolution. So I don't know why. They felt like, you know what, let's resolve that. But I'm glad they did. I think they were trying to bring Yale back into the picture. And this is oh, this is yeah, how they did yeah. it. So he sense. is now the editor of the Yale Daily News. And Andrea says, hey, next time you see him, tell him that's great. I'm totally over Yale. So mm-hmm. I don't totally I don't need to go it. to Yale. He doesn't. Brandon then walks away from that conversation and Valerie tries to follow him but she's blocked by david and claire who are (laughs) (laughs) they uh they get in her way a couple times uh Mm -hmm. in this episode just to let her know that they are watching kelly and steve are going to new york city to meet some fashion people so they're saying goodbye to brandon valerie then approaches kelly and is like i'll take good care of him while you're gone yeah and yeah. Kelly's like, are you going to make a move on Brandon? And she's like, no, I'm talking about Dylan because he's the one you dream about. And Kelly doesn't deny it. <laughs> she doesn't. No, it's kind of a fun moment between the two of them where they're just like sizing each other up. They're just like openly. Really... Yeah, they're just like, I hate you. And you hate me. Yeah. We like all the same boys. Because <laughs> there's only three. Okay, then we go to the Walsh house the next day. Valerie is putting together a picnic lunch. She takes it over mm-hmm. to Dylan's house and runs into Charlie right outside his door. Yeah. And Charlie is flirty with her, as he normally is, but mm-hmm. then says that Dylan is, Dylan is occupied at the moment. He's deep into something. With- I couldn't help, like, with, with all the um, Charlie-Valerie interactions, it, w- it was very reminiscent of Jonesy and Valerie. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, that's you right. You know, right down to the hairline. It yeah. just, they seem very similar in their yep. approach. So he takes her picnic basket and they yeah. they leave Dylan to be hypnotized. So we see Molly hypnotizing Dylan. and In, in the most acid, acid-washed pair of mom jeans I've ever seen in my life. Oh, yeah. Oh, they were. They were a thing of beauty. Tells him to look down. What does he see? He sees some cowboy boots. What does he hear? He hears gunshots and horses. (laughs) And then here we go. We're in the Wild West, baby. 9021, here we go. (laughs) To the Wild West. To the Wild West. So (laughs) Dylan, whose name in the past is Billy McCoy, is holding up a stagecoach. And Kelly's... In the stagecoach, though she's a different person. I forget her name. Um, yes, I don't know if they're trying to hide Kelly's identity because Dylan. Oh, it doesn't, doesn't work. Seem to, well, Dylan doesn't seem to recognize her, like in the regression at this point. And they, yeah, they're very careful to like only show her eye, but no, yeah. they don't get away with it if that's the intention. Yeah, so she's like leaning on her mom's. Uh, I mean, you don't see Jackie, but she's leaning on someone's lap and like covering her face yeah. and crying and. He tells her, you know, it's going to be fine. I'm not going to hurt you kind of thing. He gets off the stagecoach and he shoots the driver's hand. Um, Yeah, the driver like goes for a gun and he's like, ba-bam. Yep. Shoots his hand. But he doesn't want to. He's he's a gentleman. He didn't want to do that. He doesn't. 
he doesn't want their family heirlooms. He just wants cash. He doesn't want any trouble. He's a real nice guy. Yeah. And he, and he says, next time, there won't be a next time. <laughs> oh. It was a dumb line. Uh, really dumb. So he rides off with Zeke and Kelly leans out the stagecoach and watches him go. They go into town and we get this like we get several voiceovers from Dylan about this is uh, Billy McCoy and the thing that I can't. So he's like he's like experiencing past life regressions that also comes with handy like narrative structure. Yeah, Yeah, sure. You know, it's crazy. (laughs) It's It's very it's very involved. (laughs) And he's not. It would be one thing if he was if it was like he was narrating it to Molly, like in the present. If he was like, I'm here I'm going into this town and I can feel that he's but no, it's just like, Well, I sure am Billy McCoy and I do <laughs> sure love gambling and shooting up saloons. It's just what? Yeah. <laughs> I hated the voiceovers. So they go into this saloon and there's a you know he gets a drink there's a reward poster on the wall that this guy notices his picture and puts together this guy they were just like no make your eyes wider no wider right. i know make I them know. wider yeah. More. turn it up turn <laughs> every, it up <laughs> every time we lo- the camera went to him his eyes were just like yeah <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> So, you know, after a few seconds of staring each other down, they they have a little shootout and um, Billy gets shot. Dylan says it's a bloody mess. We keep kind of going back and forth between Dylan at his house yeah. and Billy McCoy. Which is also has narration. Yeah, yeah. Billy McCoy does get shot in the chest, but appears to be fine. No, he's fine. He's just a little, okay. just a little blood. In the chest. In the chest, yeah. So he Zeke gets him out of there and the singer who I guess later we found out she owns the saloon Dixie um follows All him of that out was and very not super clear but no yeah. no when we see her first she's just singing at the piano um but she kind of follows him out and is like I'll be here come back and they ride away right so they keep coming back to this saloon so I guess they're okay with it you know he shot yeah. someone in that saloon. It's the Wild West, baby. Yep. And then we see uh, things get a little hot and heavy with Dixie. Yeah. Um, she She's very into him. He's fine with her, it seems. Yeah. Yeah. So Love him leave him. That's Billy McCoy style. <laughs> after a roll in the hay, he's looking out the window <laughs> and he sees Kelly Walking, walking by on the street. And he does say he recognizes her from the stagecoach. Right. Right. So, but he's also surprised that it's Kelly. So it's a little yeah. weird. Yeah. I think it's strange that we only get, like in the last episode where we saw this, it was like, you know, 1920s prohibition. And this time it's like, you know, 1880s Wild West. It's weird to have two. It is. And I kind of thought, I couldn't remember exactly how it played out. I was remembering the Wild West stuff, but I thought maybe we saw another version of it but we don't we get the 20s in the previous episode in like the 1880s here and i just think two is a really bizarre choice it is it is next scene is at the peach pit nat and brandon are talking about his campaign light ribbing that kind of stuff valerie and charlie are there talking about getting hypnotized and getting to live your past life and how it's so it's the real deal when you're when you're doing it that's a quick little scene. Then we go yep. back to Dylan's. He is now um, 
Billy is robbing a bank. And right. in the bank is the dr- stagecoach driver whose hand he shot. And he just lost the hand, I guess. Because right, he right. like holds up his hand and he's got, he's got no hand. Nothing. Yeah. Um, so they, you know, share words. And then the bank teller tries to shoot him and... He ends up killing yeah, the bank teller. That's yeah. A flex. yeah. It is. So he kills the bank teller. Later that night, super drunk. I guess he's feeling bad about killing that guy. He uh, <laughs> so <laughs> then he leaves the saloon and he has a really funny drunk walk as he's like mm. walking down this street. It yeah. made me laugh. Yeah, I know what you mean. And two of his gang members come over and they're like, hey, we've got this, uh, we've got this guy and we're, look, we're making him dance. And they're like shooting at his feet. And this is the Native American man that they're shooting at. Oh, oh, we never, he's just called the Cheyenne. Okay. That's the, that's all we're given. Yeah. So So we'll say the Cheyenne person. The Cheyenne person. The man from the Cheyenne tribe. (laughs) Yes. So they're not, you know, not cool. They're shooting at his feet. And this is the part where Dylan, as he's being hypnotized, he remembers and we get flashbacks to the, to the sweat lodge that he and, right. and Brandon did. And he's connecting it with this guy. And so he stops the gang guys yeah. from messing with him and helps him up. And yeah. they're friends now. Now, does this mean Dylan and Sheriff Al Whitefeather are soulmates? <gasps> Maybe. If they had a seminal connection. That's twice. You know, two different lives. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe she was wrong. Maybe the connection was with him instead of. Was with Sheriff L. Yeah. Yeah. It's totally possible. So so then Kelly comes over and commends him for saving this man and getting those guys to leave him alone. He asks her if she thinks a person can change. And she says, yes. Otherwise, it would be a waste of a life if you if you couldn't change. So right, the, and we're acknowledging, like, she, she recognizes him from the coach. Yes, she you know, does. She knows they recognize each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so that's, like, out there that's open. That's not a secret. Yes. Uh, I do have to say, Jenny Garth maybe has the best, worst accent. Like, all of the accents that the cast do are bad. Yeah. And hers is bad, but it is the best of the worst. I'll give that you that. Heard. Yeah. I'll give you that. It's bad, but better than Brenda's French, which yeah. I don't even know what was happening there. <laughs> and bad, but better than Donna's British, we'll yeah. say. Yeah, I agree. So she does all more, right. More voiceover from, from Billy talking about he and Kelly are getting closer, hanging out, reading the Bible, having picnics, kissing. Yeah, they love those Bible picnics. Yeah. <laughs> Then we get a scene where Billy comes into the saloon and his gang is very unhappy with him because he has not been participating in gang activities. No, no, he's not. So they Mm -hmm. say, hey, we're robbing this train. We need you. And he's like, okay, I'll help you with that. But then he ends up running away with Kelly. That's a peace out. Yeah. Start a a new life with Kelly. After all that's done, the next scene is Valerie and Charlie come back to Dylan's house and he's, she's, Molly's gone. And, but he's very, uh, he's very anxious. He's yeah, yeah, he's about what happened, and he yells at them that you know Kelly was there, and he tells Charlie that Molly says he and Kelly have a seminal link, which mm. Charlie then explains to Valerie that means they're soulmates for life, and that's it. They're soulmates. How do you how do you feel about that, Kendra? Do you buy that they're soulmates for life? 
Sure. I like Kelly and Dylan together. So, okay. Okay. so right. I, I'm fine with that. At the Walsh house, Jim is still very worried about his job. He's like, should I yeah. quit? Should I, yeah. should I just, you know, what should I do? He doesn't know. He's being left out of meetings. It's a whole thing. Yeah. Brandon walks in, says something about the campaign's going well, and then he goes upstairs <laughs> and smells well. something. Uh-oh. What, the rock is cooking? Or something different? <laughs> something different. Knocks on Valerie's door, and she's smoking in her window again, but she she flicks it out the window before Brandon enters. Then we have this funny conversation <laughs> this dialogue is trash yeah I'm, I'm sorry but it makes no sense yeah she asks brandon if he believes in soulmates and right. talking about kelly and um kelly mentioned to brandon to keep his distance from valerie and she says kelly right. kelly won't be satisfied until the whole click is against me and brandon then- never defends Kelly in these scenes. Never, never, never. Yeah. Never. Nope. Then she says that, you know, she had told Kelly when she first met her that by the end of the year, Brandon wouldn't look at her like a sister. I'm trying to remember if that's true. Uh, I was trying to remember as well. I didn't go back and check. I can't remember. So, so you know what? Somebody on Twitter or Facebook, tell us if that's true, okay? Yeah. Tell us if you remember Valerie confiding in Kelly about because I sort of feel like I do, but I can't quite crystallize it in my head. Yeah. And then she starts talking about how she and Brandon have never touched each other. Never they've touched. never yes. they've never hugged. They've never had a high five. Yeah. It, it's a it's weird unusual. thing to bring up. And then it's unusual. Yeah. And then she says she hopes Kelly appreciates what she has. And Brandon's like, yeah, I hope so, too. Because I am a right. catch. Right. And then they and hug. And then they hug. So now they've touched. It's just weird. Because she says the thing about, you know, you, will look, you won't look at me like a sister. And Brandon's like, oh, we're way past that. And I'm like, what does that mean? What does that mean? What does that mean? You know? And then her whole point about not having touched it just doesn't land and he's like i'm sure we touch all the time i don't know i thought it was just a really we kiss on the mouth in our friend group surely we've touched yeah there you go (laughs) okay so then we go to kelly donna claire's donna wants to go get sushi with uh david and claire and they i guess it's this like combo sushi bowling place is the sushi at the bowling place I feel like it is. It made me think of that place we went for your birthday several years ago. That was a lot that of fun. Like bowling and then like cool trendy food and stuff. We were not hip enough, Kendra. I mean, maybe you were. Maybe I you was. Were. I don't think I was. I was wearing my, okay. my Tina Belcher sweater. Yeah. I looked super yeah, cool. You, you're right. You're right. I shouldn't <laughs> have put you in the list there. So they're all like, yeah, let's go. But then Ray walks around the corner and they're like, great. Hey, we, we Here, let's all go to... Bowling and sushi. And then immediately Claire is like, oh, Betsy's surprise party is tonight. And we're so late. We've got to go. It's it's, she's very quick. I got to give her that. It's quick and it's convincing. Yeah. And Donna is like, well, can you meet us after? Can you leave early? And they they keep saying no. She's like, like, all right. She's very disappointed. So after Donna walks away, Ray yeah, calls their bluff. The doorbell. Yeah. Oh yes, the doorbell. Um 
so yeah, Ray calls their bluff and Claire's like, how's Valerie doing, Ray? And yeah. he says, I wouldn't know. Yeah, well, he, he says to David, he's like, I bet Betsy isn't even having a surprise party. And David's like, I don't know, because I don't know anyone named Betsy. <laughs> so that, was pretty, that was pretty funny. It's just a stare down. They're like, we hate you. Dylan calls Kelly when she's in New York City. Is the backdrop behind Kelly supposed to look real? Because it doesn't. It looks <laughs> very bad. It looks like, you know, built like New York City buildings. Yeah. But it does not look like she's really in New York City at all. Yeah, no, I think it is supposed to be real, but <laughs> it's not great. <laughs> They've been on each other's minds all day. So it's, yeah. you know, makes sense that he's calling. Yeah. But yep, then Steve knocks on the door. He's ready. They're, he's picking her up. They're going to talk to some fashion people. And Dylan asks her to call him back when she gets back. Mm-hmm. He doesn't care what time. Doesn't and care. And Steve's like, hey, if that's Brandon, tell him I say hi. And Kelly's like, okay, awkward. <laughs> back on campus, Andrea and Cindy are having coffee and talking about <laughs> Boise and this was just a funny scene to me it was it was just like there's these two characters who don't have anything else to do let's put them in a scene together and they're the moms what's happening they're the moms of the group yeah yeah brandon comes over talks about the campaign steals andrea's latte and cindy says do you really think that brandon's gonna win and she says it would take a twist of cataclysmic proportions for brandon not to win Cut to Brandon is at the TV studio to do an interview and Claire warns him when he gets there. She's like, I don't know. Something's up. I don't know what it is, but just, you know, watch out. So he's being interviewed. And the first question the guy asks is, are you aware that the board is meeting right now to raise tuition by 15%? And I felt proud because if you'll remember, I was like, they talked about tuition like it was a thing. And I I felt proud that I picked up on it because here it is. is, It's pretty lame that like Dean Whitmore or the chancellor haven't been like, hey, man, this is probably coming. Because, I mean, they want Brandon in that position. And the fact that they're not giving him any kind of heads up is rough. But yeah, like you said, I mean, you. Well, we'll get there. Yeah. You caught it in that last episode when when he mentions it, and it's like he was kind of aware of it and seemingly did nothing, proving that he was a terrible president. Yeah. He's the Chester (laughs) Arthur of the 90210 world, Kendra. Uh, Hilarious. Thank you. So then Brandon goes to talk to the dean and is like, hey, I was supposed to be involved in this. This was supposed to be like a last resort. And the dean's like, well, we got to do it. Sorry. And Brandon yeah. says, the election's tomorrow. Like, you couldn't have waited. <laughs> right. And he's like, no one in their right mind is going to hold this against you, Brandon. Uh-huh. This isn't going to uh-huh. affect your presidency. So then cut to Brandon and Janice are watching Alex. He's on his soapbox. He is railing against the the board. Yeah. And you know he's serious because he's taking the jean jacket off. Yes. The one and only time we see him without that jean jacket. Normally he's wearing that Texas tuxedo, but now he's got just like a nice clean white shirt, no jean jacket to be yep. seen. So he's he's on it. He's going full Mitt Romney. Yep. Janice says that Brandon's chances are looking pretty slim, slim. Uh, because yeah. of this revelation. And But Janice is still going to vote for him. So that's nice. Oh, that's nice. That's nice of her. Yeah. Brandon then runs into Valerie and she says, hey, have you heard any good tuition jokes lately? 
<laughs> they have fun. Oh, Valerie. Oh, Valerie. Valerie, she's still planning on holding a party for him at the Peach Pit After Dark, no matter yeah. what happens. So, yeah. And he says if he wins, he'll dance. So oh, perhaps geez. we'll so see Brandon dance. I voted against him because of that <laughs> very reason. I was like, I can't see that again. Also, Valerie's a student. Uh, yeah, that's right. Sometimes she's a student. Every once in a while. Every once in a while she is. Back in New York City, Kelly and Steve get back to their... New York City! New York! Uh, (laughs) Kelly and Steve get back to their room, and Kelly is loving New York City. She loves the energy. So different from L.A. Mm -hmm. There's a bunch of messages that were shoved under the door, and they're all from Dylan. Dylan called a bunch of times. Yeah. Yeah. Thirsty much? Yeah. (laughs) And Steve, she she and Steve, Steve like gives her a look, like confused yeah, why Dylan is calling yeah, her well, so he, much. He's kind of like, do you have something going on with him? And she's like, what did you say? What? No. They, they do have a funny little back and forth, which I liked quite a bit. Unspoken. Dylan goes to Molly's house and he is very frantically wanting her to hypnotize him again so that he yeah. can get back to that moment with Kelly. Yeah. Yep. So she does. Uh, she hypnotizes him again. We go back to the West, but some time has passed now. And he's yeah. coming out of a church. He's got a crazy mustache now. Crazy. <laughs> and it is askew the entire time. It is. It it's is just a little bit off. <laughs> so he and Kelly have kids now, and they're speaking with the Reverend. But then in the distance, they see Zeke ride up on his mm-hmm. horse. So he goes to talk to Zeke, and we learn he's the marshal now. Not Zeke. Billy Dylan is the marshal now. And they're all using other names. I can't remember. It was like Jedediah. Yeah, it was Jedediah, I think he changed his name to. Yeah. Yeah. So he's the marshal now, but Zeke has come to tell him that Dixie is in trouble and is Uh going to be hanged. That's like, that's bad trouble. Pretty. What what could she have done? Yeah, and I have to kind of wonder, too, because I feel like... The courts of the Old West weren't quite so. We're going to hang you in three weeks. Yeah. You know what I mean? I feel like yeah. if they decided to hang her, she'd be in a tree already. Yeah. <laughs> you wouldn't gonna, have time. They're going to give some time. They're gonna, maybe there's going to be an appeal. We don't know. Yeah. We don't know. Frontier justice. <laughs> so he decides he's going to help Dixie. He and Kelly have this goodbye scene where he promises her that this won't be the last time that they hug. Um, they don't kiss. And it, it probably won't. Which yeah. I think is funny. I wonder if Jenny Garth was like, I'm not kissing him with that mustache on. I'm sorry. <laughs> it like covers <laughs> his whole mouth. So I it's wouldn't really have wanted gross. to kiss yeah. him either. That's funny. You would have. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think so. <laughs> so then we cut to uh, Dixie. They're leading her out to the gallows. Zeke comes out and gives a signal and starts shooting and... Billy rides up and grabs her, puts her on the horse, and off they go. This is fully anticlimactic. It's crazy. Yeah, like, it why is. did they need him for this? Billy they just goes up, like, in a balcony and is just like, pew, pew, pew. And Dylan just rides up, grabs her, and rides out. And we do have a nice little bit of, of, of a callback there because the Cheyenne man comes out with his gun. Oh, and yes. picks off somebody to let Dylan escape. So it's kind of nice to... To, you know pay off that favor. no he the stagecoach driver whose hand is gone was going to shoot them and he comes and like yes. pushes that guy down yeah yeah right, right yeah you're right that was a callback um <laughs> th- i think this happened earlier but there was a scene where 
Dylan was trying to get on his horse and the horse was like not having it, but yes. he did eventually get on the horse and that made me laugh. <laughs> yeah. Cause the horse kind of goes in a circle yeah. and he stays on and gets on. Yeah. But I think this was after, I think that eight seconds movie where, where he's uh, like a rodeo star, Luke Perry. Mm, uh, I think that okay. was 93. I want to say. So like he's had some pretty serious like training and experience by this point. All right. Well, he gets on that horse. I would have given up. I would have been like, Yippee Kaye. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So he takes Dixie to the train station. She's getting on this train. She's going to start a new life somewhere else. Um, and as they're saying goodbye, someone shoots Billy in the back. And the there back. is yeah, so cold, much cold blood. Ice. So much yeah, blood. Yeah. I was surprised by that. A lot of blood. And the, ki- the kid who yeah. shot him is so excited because he's like, that's the guy yeah. that killed my dad. He's, he's yeah. really, really excited. Woo-hoo. Do you think that was the bank teller's son? Oh, maybe. Yeah, because they do make a point. They're like, he's a family man. He's yeah. got a son at home. I bet you're right. Good yeah. catch, Kendra. Yeah. Uh, my wife walked in while we were watching this scene. And Dylan or Billy and Dixie have a big grand hug on the train station. And my, my, my wife was like, uh-uh. No way. No way would that have happened in the late 1800s. It's a nitpick, but she is right. It was unusual <laughs> to have them like hug like that. Thank you to our uh, man on the streets, Hillary. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so then we cut to a funeral for Billy and everyone's yeah. crying. They're putting him in the ground. But then the scene changes. And as he's lowering into the ground, we see from his perspective, looking up and we see Brandon throwing in flowers and Donna throwing in flowers and Jim and Cindy throwing in flowers. Yeah. Um, And then finally, I wonder Kelly, why do you think he never dreams of Brenda? Seems like he'd dream of Brenda, but I guess it does seem that way. I guess not. Guess not. Didn't dream of her. Didn't dream (laughs) of her that day. So wakes up from being hypnotized and very confused why it turned into this funeral. And Molly's uh, explanation, that's the word. Yeah. uh Her explanation is that sometimes regressions are premonitions. Yeah. So maybe he was seeing his actual funeral. I know. Which is like, I mean, I don't know what the rules of hypnotherapy are, but that seems like a pretty wild conjecture to be like. It does. Yeah, I mean, maybe maybe we were in your past life, or maybe you witnessed the fact that you're going to die in a few days. You know, it's (laughs) I don't know. Maybe you can see the future. Yeah, she has a line earlier where when he comes and he's like, "Please, we got to go back," and she's like, "Look, Dylan, we can travel back in time. We know that. We've done it before. It's easy." (laughs) I'm like, "What is the premise of this episode? It's crazy." So he then tells her that once his mom took him to a palm reader who said that his lifeline was very short. And so he didn't think much about it, but maybe he needs to be making the most of his life. That is too. At the Peach Pit After Dark, it is a sad time because guess what? Brandon lost to Alex. Two to one. Two to one. He was trounced. Yeah. And all of Alex's were write-ins. <laughs> so people yeah, were just writing in Alex's rough. name. Yeah. That's rough. But it's the power of voting, people. I say it every year. Go out there and vote. <laughs> Do it. Vote. Claire tries to get him to dance, but he doesn't want to dance. Mm-hmm. He goes to sit next to Valerie, who is also bummed that he lost. Then we see Jim and Cindy. And Jim's like, like father, like son. I almost resigned yeah. today. <laughs> He is, he's 
very bummed about what's happening at his job. So he and Cindy decide to head out and go home. Yeah. At what at one point, Cindy asked, like, well, haven't you talked to them? And Jim says that he asked. And his superior or whatever said, like, some questions are better left unanswered. So it's very yes. ominous. He has yeah. reason to believe it's ominous. Yeah. Yeah. He's not making it up. Like, there's real. No. There's no, real it's, signs. It's legit. Something is happening behind the scenes of this firm whose name I don't believe we know. <laughs> okay. Then this scene with Jesse and Andrea was the most, like, Parks and Rec making beautiful things happen out of nowhere scene. So Jesse says that he got offered a job to teach at Yale. Teaching. Teaching Teaching at at Yale. Yale. (laughs) Teaching. And he said, okay, I'll come teach for you, but you have to accept my wife as a student and get, give her the scholarship that you were going to give her. And they were like, done. When can you start? (laughs) Yeah. No, technically they said no. And they called back 15 minutes later. Don't be dramatic. Okay. I'm sorry. Look, I may not know a lot about this, but I know that there are no med schools in Idaho. (laughs) And I know. We know that that for sure. When Yale wants to hire a law professor, they want somebody fresh out of school who's never practiced. That's what they want. (laughs) That's Yale, baby. That's Yale. Uh, so yeah so Andrea gets to go to Yale and yeah. he's gonna teach at Yale and all is right <laughs> sure with the world is. yeah <laughs> yep everything's fine good times everything is totally fine so okay well I guess yeah let's finish it up okay so then Kelly calls for Brandon and Nat answers and goes and gets Brandon and Valerie's watching all this and It's like, ugh, isn't it just like Kelly to call when the polls have closed? Like, why didn't she call before? Look, I was kind of with Val on this point. Well, at first I was like, that's nitpicky. But then we see that Kelly is just at her house. She's She's back. She's She's back in LA. Yeah, she's she's home. And I was like, really? She didn't stop by the Peach Pit after dark. Really? Really? Okay. So, yeah, so yeah, at just, that point, I was like, just okay. his best friend and the love of his life. Yeah. They don't have time to come. They're busy. Yep. yep. So she tells Brandon, I'm really, you know, I'm tired. I'm jet lagged. I'm going to go to sleep. I'll see you tomorrow. Hangs up the phone. Knock on the door. Who could it be? Of course. Whoa. It's Dylan. Billy McCoy. Oh, Dylan. <laughs> and he says he just had to see her. And then they kiss. They and Kelly is in it. it to, they're both in it to win it. They kiss like two hungry wolves fighting over a, a T-bone steak. Yep. But I'll tell you what's funny about it, though, because Dylan goes in for the kiss and you see Jen, like you see Kelly's eyes over his shoulder. And at first she's like, what the? Okay. Okay. <laughs> All and right. She has just a moment where her eyes are like, this is pleasant. This is pleasant. And then she leans in. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And that's the episode. Wow. 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 We, we did it. Kendra. Kendra, what's your verdict on this episode? You know, for all the hype that you guys gave it, I didn't yeah. I didn't hate it. I mean, is it is it worse than Dylan running on that train track forever trying to find Erica? Mm. No. It's not worse than that. Is it's it def- It's also not worse than the Clarence the Christmas Angel no, episode. No. It's definitely not worse either. than that. So um, so yeah. I think maybe because I had it built up, I was yeah. uh, like, oh, well, this is actually fine. I mean, was it goofy? Yeah. 
Yes, absolutely. Um, but because it was Dylan centered, I was on board. You're okay. You're okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's funny because I really like leading up to this for weeks, we've been talking about this. I remember this as being like one of the worst episodes of the series. And watching it this time, I think the whole conceit of like Dylan's past lives and them being soulmates and like him going through these narrated regressions is just like pure stupid. I think it's just a stupid, it is. not necessary aspect. I don't know why they're doing it. It doesn't make any sense to me. That is, it, it's always felt and it remains stupid. Yes. But I feel like the episode as a whole was kind of enjoyable. Yeah, I was expecting so... it to be the whole episode was going to be him. That's how I remember it. But, but there's it a, actually that. a lot going on with everybody. A lot going on. Um, a lot going on. Yeah. Let, me, let me ask you this. I know we're not at the season finale, but we've had like three pretty big gauntlets dropped here. And I'm curious what you think is going to happen. So before we even go on in the season, what are your thoughts about uh, the Jim Cindy, the job situation, the Andrea Jesse Yale situation, and the Dylan Kelly of it all? Where do you think we're heading with these stories? I think together? Dylan and Kelly are are heading back together. I mean, they're making we'll out. So, but I've we'll I've thought back. that for okay. a while that Dylan and Kelly would right. get back together. Um, Alrighty then. I know that Andrea does is not on the show for the whole time, and we're about to enter season six of nine. Is that correct? Yeah, ten. Six of ten. Six yep. of ten. So I don't know. I mean, this would be. I, I've said it before though i was like well that would be a good exit for for right <laughs> for andrea right. and it wasn't but i guess i'm gonna guess this is her exit from the show she goes to yale okay. we never see her okay. again um okay. what was the other one? Oh, jim, jim and cindy. cindy i don't know i really i i don't know it feels out of the blue um yeah but it would be okay. interesting if suddenly they were uh destitute <laughs> right <laughs> okay all right did you have a 90210 snap in this episode um i guess the kiss at the end yeah that's i'll give it to the good. kiss at the end i thought i thought the uh the david claire ray house valley oh yeah like we Very dramatic. Scene was also pretty good i like yeah. that one quite a bit i like yeah. that one quite a bit yeah i don't know i'm almost disappointed that i enjoyed this episode as much as i did because <laughs> in my head yeah, it's been, you'd built it but up. But you're right. I mean, the, the the Dylan Subway episode and that Christmas one are worse. Are yes. worse. So I can think Much of at worse. least two examples, and an arc that makes me want. Oh, to throw and all up those Andrea, all those Andrea dreams. Remember all her dreams about walking oh, on a tightrope yes. and yes. yeah, not worse than that. Yep. No, not worse. Okay. <laughs> all right. All right. Well, Kendra, uh, until we meet again, you can catch me other, every other week on This Andorian Life, a Star Wars podcast from the Radio Meanwhile Network. We've just finished season one of Ewoks, and we did a special on a graphic novel that does its darndest to combine the Ewok movies, cartoon, and Return of the Jedi all into one cohesive narrative, which is hard to do. So you can tune in and find out if it was right. I also did a guest star episode of Bottom Shelf Dreams with Mike Mordanga. They were doing a, a show where they were talking about how Star Trek doesn't get the love that it deserves. And so <laughs> my reputation precedes me. <laughs> it Trek. does. It does. Out. Bottom Shelf Dreams. What about you, Kendra? Back from a hiatus? Yes. I'm Miss Musebox 91 on Twitter, and I have a Etsy page and a website, MissMusebox.com. And I am the co-host of 90s Music Got Me Like, where each week we talk about a different 90s song. And coming up, we'll be talking about I Don't Want to Wait by Paula Cole. 
Oh, we talked a lot about choice. Dawson's Creek in the Kiss Me episode. So yeah, yeah, Eric, yeah. Eric picked sense. that song. That makes sense. Okay. All right. Well, I'll be tuning into that. And you can join us next time as we continue our 902 and discussion with Season 5, Episode 30, Hello Life, Goodbye, Beverly Hills. 902 and here we go. Here we go.